this tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches, how are you? This is Coach Kevin Furtado again from the Championship Vision Podcast. Today, episode 181 with Coach Dave Strickland. Dave Strickland is the head women's basketball coach and associate professor of physical education at Umpqua Community College in Roseburg, Oregon. Ever since he began his coaching career, Dave Strickland has been synonymous with success. In eight seasons at Golden West College in Huntington Beach, California, Strickland's teams posted an overall record of 259-27 and and won seven championships. The winning ways continued immediately at UCC with the Riverhawks, then known as the Timberwomen before Umqua changed its mascot, racking up 25 wins and shattering 14 school and NWAACC records. The very next year, UCC won the first NWAACC Pacific Northwest Championship in school history with a 29-4 record and has been considered one of the premier programs on the West Coast ever since. A quick summary of Strickland's coaching career reveals 
103 players who have received scholarships for four-year universities, 15 conference league or region championships, 14 Final Four appearances, two California State Championships, two NWAA CC Pacific Northwest Championships, 17 different Coach of the Year awards, 10 All-Americans inducted into the California Community College Coaches Hall of Fame. As I said before, he coached eight years at Golden West College in Huntington Beach and have been at Umpqua Community College in Roseburg, Oregon for 24 seasons. His career college record is 883 and 183. He has won 19 conference or regional championships, 117 and 10 over the past four seasons. He was 29 and 0 this past season when COVID-19 ended his season and was finalist for the WBCA National Junior College Community College Coach of the Year. Coach Strickland is also a contributing author at Hoop Skills. Com, a website devoted to the education and improvement of players and coaches. He is also one of the co-creators of Basketball Classroom, which is a modular online clinic which instructs and mentors coaches from all over the country. Coaches, I think you're really going to enjoy Coach Strickland. I think he's uh, one of those gems of coaches that uh, you might not know about, but he does a lot for the game. He has a great website called the Basketball Classroom. Um, I got his materials many years ago, and I still have it. Uh, he's just uh, what a great uh, innovator and instructor of the game. Uh, he's there to help us as coaches. He's got great resources for us. So I think you're really going to be excited, and you're going to gain a lot of knowledge with Coach Strickland. So, Coach Strickland, welcome to the podcast. Coach how are you, man? You're connected, my friend. Good. I'm, I'm doing uh, good. I'm I'm doing good. I appreciate you being patient. Um, <clears throat> you know, sometimes things go on in life, right? Uh, life happens, right? Well, if we've learned anything in the last few months is to is to adapt, and we're all finding that we have to adapt day by day, and sometimes hour by hour. So it was. Uh, there's no worries. I just Glad to uh, glad to be on. Glad to be able to uh, talk some basketball. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just want to. Um, I'm so excited to have you on because back, I don't know how many years ago it was. I got all your basketball classroom uh, materials, and I'm talking about probably one of the best resources I have ever gotten uh, for basketball. So I'm really promoting what you do for basketball classroom. It lays everything out for you, anything. And you are always available for questions and so forth. So I just want to give you props for helping me as a coach. Well, I, I appreciate it. And, it. and that was really a fun project. The, the problem was, is I, I, you know, I partnered with some, you know, with people a lot smarter than I am in terms of, you know, online presentation and those things. And I handled all the content. They handled the, you know, the actual website and, and you know, all the logistics of it. And uh, they expanded their business and, and dissolved the partnership. And uh, right. I still get, I still get Facebook likes. I still get emails every now and then people, you know, people asking about it and, 
but um, unfortunately it's, it's, you know, the presentation part is, is out of my hands. And, and so it's kind of, uh, you know, died on the vine the last few years. Yeah. And that's really a shame because I still, I mean, I think what a great resource you have for coaches and I, but I, maybe I had it at the right time because I know I still use a lot of the videos, a lot of the articles that you had. You had some great stuff there, Coach, and I just want to tell you thank you. Um, Kurt Gilsdorf, uh, who's a friend of mine, I had him on a recent podcast. He says, man, you, hey, <laughs> Dave is great. So he was really he was really building you up and saying, man, we, that's a great coach. Uh, you're very fortunate to have him on. Well, I appreciate it. And I, and I listened, I said, I listened to, to your interview with, you know, with Kurt and, um, you know, it's, it's one of those where, you know, there's, there's, there's coaches that we all come across that you know, <clears throat> anything that they say, you listen to anything they write, you read, you know, you want to read about, um, you know, Kurt's one, Kurt's one of those guys. If he's, if he's presenting information, some, someplace, any place, then he's one of those, I want to make sure that I listen or read to whatever, you know, whatever he's presenting, because, you know, I always get, I always get something out of it. It always, it always makes me a little better. Yeah. He really studies that. He loves the game. He told me earlier, he says, coach, man, I just love the game. I love uh, studying it, kind of researching it. I don't think there's enough people out there. I think coaches really need to do more, but one thing that you have one saying I absolutely love is, better than a thousand days of diligent study is one day with a great teacher. And I have learned so much from doing this podcast with guys like you. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, I, and, and, and you've interviewed, you know, a lot of really good, really good coaches and who, you know, from all over the country and, and with all different kinds of playing styles, offensively, defensively. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that, I think you're right. I think if you can, you know, if you can talk to somebody who has kind of walked in your shoes before, you know, who's, who's been through what you've been through, I think that, um, you know, I, 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 I get a lot out of it personally. I, I know a lot of people are, you know, there's a lot of resources out there on, online and those things, but, you know, but I think a coach's resume and, and stuff like that to me is, is very important because I, there's so much information, you know, I want to make sure that I'm getting information that that's actually worked for somebody. And it's actually withstood the test of time, um, you know, before I start to implement it and start to share it with my team. Yeah. And particularly now, right, Dave, there's so many like virtual clinics and podcasts and things like that. You have to know, like what you're looking for, correct? So when Dave Strickland's, I know you still study the game. When you're looking for something to help your program, you're probably pretty specific, right? Well, I, I am because that's because that's obviously there's there's great things about you know technology, but but one of the bad things is is just about anybody can you know can be an overnight expert in something, and uh, and there is just so much you know, so much, you know, information that's, that's, you know, available. And, and it was one thing that Kurt had said on his, on his, you know, interview with you is, you know, he said, you can, you know, you can do, you know, everything, or you can do anything that you want to do as a coach, 
but you can't do everything. And, <laughs> sure. and that, and that was one of the comments that he had, that he had made to you. And I agree with that, you know, 100%. And so um, I'm one of those people, I, I do study it a lot and I've kind of fallen to the trap that, you know, all of a sudden I like everything, you know, all of a sudden I see, you know, 15 offenses I like and 50 <laughs> out of bounds plays. And so as right. I've gotten over older, I, I've been trying to be more specific um, just so I'm not tempted to, to veer too far away from what we've, what we've done in the past, because it's, you know, because it's been fairly successful. And, and, uh, and so I, you, you're right. When I, when I study now is something that's, that's, um, that's very specific, something that I'm, you know, that I'm looking for, or it's a specific coach, you know, there's, you know, there are people that, you know, you know, Kurt Vance Wahlberg, there's some people that do some dribble drive thing. We don't run dribble drive, but the way that they break some of those coaches, the way they break it down and teach it, um, you know, there's bits and pieces in there of, of those methods that I can use, even though I'm not using the exact same offense that they're talking about. Yeah, that's well said. And, and before we go in, cause I, I want to learn about your program. My, my, my podcast is about learning about what you coaches do at their program to help us out. And maybe we can pick up one or two things. Talk about growing up in the game and how did you know when you were growing up in the game, how did you know, like, Hey, this is what I want to do as a coach is obviously basketball meant something to you as a kid because it transformed you into one of the best coaches in the country. So kind of tell us about, you know, kind of growing up in the game. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, ex- extremely fortunate in that um, I'm a, I'm a coach's kid. Uh, my, my dad was a, um, was a really good college player. He played at, uh, at, at Seattle university um, back with, with Elgin Baylor and, and okay. in Seattle UC <laughs> heyday. He was, yeah. you know, they were a big time program. So, um, and then when my dad eventually quit playing, he got into, he got into coaching and, um, and I just, you know, I just, I tagged along. I, he, he coached at a high school for several years and then he coached uh, junior college men. Um, you know, I was, I was eight years old. I was the official, you know, college scorekeeper. I wore my little shirt and tie and, and dressed up and sat at the scores table every home game. I traveled every away game. I just, I just grew up with it. You know, I was just, there was never a time, you know, there was never a time when I wasn't, um, you know, around the, you know, around the game. And, uh, and, you know, my dad, you know, during that time, he was, he was really good friends with, with coaches like Lute Olson and Jerry Tarkanian. And, uh, and so, you know, there were times when there were, you know, some big time coaches sitting around our kitchen table, all, you know, sharing X's and O's and talking about it. And I don't know, it just, I, I was just around it from, from as long as I can remember, I was just, I was around the game and, and, uh, and just, and grew up to love it. Yeah. It's amazing that, that you, you really said a lot right there. Now, if you had Lute Olson and Tark, close to you. you, you, you can't help but learn something from those greats. Right. And I, I don't think the coaches nowadays realize what great coaches like Lute Olson and Tarkanian to me, Tarkanian 
was an absolute genius on what he did. Um, give us some stories maybe that you heard at the, at the dinner table about those two guys. Well, they were, you know, the, the things that, um, you know, especially as a, as a, as a college, as a college coach, because, uh, you know, that is, that's more so that area that I can apply to, um, you know, to what I do now, because, uh, you know, so much of what we do revolves around, you know, revolves around recruiting and, uh, and those two were completely different, you know, personalities, you know, where, where, you know, coach Olson was very, you know, very proper and very, you know, charming and, 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 you know, did a, you know, did a great job in, in, um, you know, in, in home visits. Um, you know, I, I always heard the, you know, heard the story growing up that, you know, he would go on to a, you know, they would go to a, you know, go to a home visit with an assistant coach and, and, uh, you know, and, and then at, at some point the, the recruits mother would ask, you know, the coaches if they, if they wanted a, a you know, something to drink, wanted to drink a water and, and they always agreed. And, and so when the recruits mother went into the kitchen to, to get some water, you know, you know, Coach Olson would excuse himself and, and follow her into the kitchen. And while his assistant coach talked to the, you know, talked to the player and the and his and his dad, Coach Olson would be in the kitchen reassuring the kid's mom that he was going to, you know, that he and his wife Bobby were going to look out after the player and treat him as part of their family and and uh, and those kind of things. And they they kind of it was kind of a divide and conquer. They kind of split the family up a little bit and. And, uh, and it was, and obviously it was extremely worked extremely well for him. You know, he, you know, he was a, he was a JC guy. He was at Long Beach city college and then went to Long Beach state before he, you know, before he went to Iowa. And so he used the same, you know, kind of recruiting methods, you know, all along. And, 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 and coach Tark was exactly the opposite. You know, he was, (laughs) you know, and, and he would, um, you know, and, and he would, he would take, he would take kids that a lot of other people passed on, you know, who, I mean, he gave a lot of players second and third chances and, and, you know, he wasn't so concerned on what, you know, what a a player's past as he was, how he could relate to that particular player. And, um, and I, I remember, you know, I remember my, my, my dad, um, had some had a couple players and and one time and and um and they didn't have a car and so uh and so my, my dad drove them to um you know drove them to Long Beach and dropped them off and and took them up into this you know apartment in in Long Beach and there were it was an apartment full of players and it was Long Beach State players and it was UCLA players um you know my dad you know I remember my dad telling me that that, um, you know, that Kareem was there, you know, he's in, you know, Lou Alcindor was, was there and, and all these guys were sitting around, you know, sitting around talking and, and, um, and a couple of the players had made the comment that, um, they said, you know, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. I, I can't explain it, but, but man, I just really want to play hard for coach, for coach Tark. You know, and and that was and that was something that always stuck with me because they couldn't explain it, they didn't know exactly why, but their relationship was so good, um, 
you know, w- with Coach Tark that they were ready to, you know, to run through a wall for him. And, um, you know, and the other thing that I always kind of appreciated that we, when we had talked about, you know, is, is how um, adaptable they were. You know, Coach Tark's his, you know, early in the early in his career, he was a, you know, he was kind of a one, two, two zone guy and uh right and and played primarily one two two zone and then um you know and then in later you know at the end of his career well especially at UNLV then all of a sudden he became you know pressure man to man and 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 um you know and, and I always I always kind of appreciated that that he that he changed his he changed his style he changed his coaching coaching methods depending on the talent that he had and um and obviously extremely extremely successful and, and in my opinion extremely underrated um you know as a coach all these years did those guys and i guess my next question kind of leads into what shaped your philosophy and i know those two helped shaped it was there anybody else and when did you actually find out hey i know it'd be and when i first started coaching man i was just learning the game I didn't really have a flow. Who who does have a philosophy at the beginning of their career? I know I didn't. Uh, so how did you shape your philosophy? Well, I think it's you know I I don't know I I, I think it's um is something that that uh, that you kind of that you kind of grow into. You know I think we all have you know I think we all have some you know have some you know basic you know non you know non negotiables. Um, I think I think being a a a community college coach has has shaped my you know philosophy as 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 much as anything um, because of because of what I'm trying to because of what I'm trying to accomplish you know I think that you know for you know for me personally I, I you know I want to win games um, as I'm as competitive as anybody that that um, that I've ever that I've ever met. But at the same time, you know, I'm in a position where I can help players move on. I can help players put themselves in a position to keep playing when they're done here, and and that's and that can be and that can be life altering. Um, you know, if you're helping some, um, you know, in my case, it's women. But you know, if you're helping some kid get through school and continue their education, continue their basketball career, you know, that has, that can have long, long lasting um, effects on their, on their life. And because I'm only going to have players a year or two years, that has kind of changed our, you know, that's kind of molded our, my philosophy because it, it, um, you know, it needs to be, it needs to be simple. It needs to be, you know, it needs to be something that, will help players develop their skill, develop their basketball IQ, do all those things that, that, um, that they need in order to go on to play at a four-year school. And I think that's probably, that's probably shaped my, you know, shaped my philosophy more than, you know, more than anything. Yeah. And it's amazing. And Kurt Gilsdorf was the only other uh, community college coach that, um, I have interviewed and so forth. And I love your guys' perspective because I know when I was growing up, some of my best coaches that I knew were uh, junior college coaches from West Valley to San Jose City. I grew up in California. 
And I, I, I remember those. Okay. All right. Fabulous. Um, and I remember, you know, and of course, back in the day when I played, you know, we played some summer ball. We had no travel ball. We used to go to a um, San Jose City College hosted like a summer league and which I really like that. We played twice a week and so forth. Um, but the coaches were all ready, you know, readily available and so forth talking to you. Um, and I just noticed the impact they had on me. And of course, I was I was going to play at junior college. I, I, I never did. I, I just went to school. But they had a they had an impact, and they were always there. Um, they just seemed like great teachers, great relationship builders. I think you have to be a special coach to coach at the community college level. Well, it's you know the, part of the good the you know one of the good things. I think there's a lot of good things, but one of the the really good things is is that um, you know we don't have as many time restrictions as as coaches at the four-year level do you know we don't have a you know we don't have a a a, you know 20 hour a week rule and so if somebody wants to come into the you know somebody wants to come into the gym and get and get extra work in or if they want to stay you know before practice or after practice or coming on the weekends or 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 those kind of things um you know, at our level, we can do that. And I mean, we can just, we can spend more time with our players than, than coaches at other, that other levels can. Then, then coaches, high school coaches have, have more time restrictions than we do. Four-year coaches have more time restrictions than we do. So I think as far as a, a place where, where people can come in and you can make an impact on a kid, just not just on the court, but off the court as well. Um, you know, I think I think community college is the is the place to do it, and and um, not that coaches on other levels don't want to do those things. Some of them just can't because of the the time restrictions that that are placed on them. Yeah, and talk about your program strengths. And I appreciate you sharing me sharing with me what you guys really believe in. You mentioned first was we score a lot of points. Kind of talk with development and how you develop teams that that you can score a lot of points talk a little bit about your system well i think that i think that you know the 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 underlying factor is is why do we want to do that and and um and and it's really um there's 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 two reasons one i one i think it's fun i mean i like playing that way i don't know anybody who doesn't like you know playing fast pace and and, uh, and, and scoring a lot of points. But, but the other thing goes back to, you know, to my main, you know, my main objective, and that is to help prepare players to go on to the next level. And, you know, we all talk, I, I get it, defense wins championships and everybody wants great defenders and all those things. But, you know, the vast majority of, of, four-year colleges and universities, they're not necessarily recruiting defense, right? I mean, we've all had a, you right. know, I mean, I, but, you know, if I have a, a, if I have a girl on my team who, you know, who is, could be considered a lockdown defender and can guard anybody on the floor, but she averages, you know, two points a game and shoots 15% from the, floor and 
you know, 20% from the free throw line, um, nobody's going to recruit her. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how strong you feel defensively, you're not going to recruit somebody like that. For us, if we can score, if we can score 90 points a game, sure, then, then we're going to have, we're going to have a lot of people scoring. We're going to have, we're going to have five or six people in double figures. We're going to have four or five people over the course of the year get 20 or 25 in a, in an individual game. We're going to have a lot of assists. We're going to have, we're going to have a lot of offensive stats that we can present to four-year coaches so they can get a good picture of what that player can do offensively. And so, and so that's why we play, that's why we play fast because, um, I think that uh, sometimes good offense is harder to teach than, than, than good defense. I think, I think the four-year coaches, they want people who can score. They want people who can put the, you know, who can put the ball in the basket. And so, so we're going to, we're going to play fast. We're going to try to fast break on, on, um, on both makes and misses. Um, We run a, you know, kind of a, a tweaked version of, of, uh, of Paul Westhead's, you know, sideline side fast break. Don't run it exactly the same as Coach Westhead ran it when he was with Loyal Marymount, but we've kind of taken it and tweaked it a little bit, so it works really well for us. Um, so after makes, we inb- inbound the ball quick, and we get it down the, you know, we get it down the floor, and then and on all misses and steals, we are trying to, uh, you know, we're trying to run. And so... Um, our guards and wings score a lot on the break. And um, when we do have to set the offense up, then our first look is to jam the ball inside. And we like back to the basket, you know, post players and, and, uh, and we jam it inside and, and try to force defenses to adjust. Um, Hopefully if they don't adjust, then we're able to score inside. And if they collapse, if they collapse on the post, then then hopefully we have somebody who can, you know, who who can hit the three from the outside, and um, and the combination of those things has let us have some really balanced scoring teams, and has let us at you know has let us average, you know, mid to high eighties, you know, just about every year. Yeah, and, and tell me about kind of how you tweak the break because because um, I want to learn because we we love the transition game uh, and some of the things we 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 send our we send our girls to the corner uh, and we're really looking for that one the two one the three pass. But one thing that I really love, Coach, is we like to swing the ball back to our trailer on top. And then we duck our big five right in what I call my duck in circle right there. And that's hard to guard. We, we get that so much. Is that what you guys try to do? Or tell us how you try to get the ball that outside in. Well, it, it, and again, cause our, our personnel changes, you know, so much, um, you know, this year, this year I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to have 14 freshmen, and one sophomore on our team, man. <laughs> and so, 
And so there's things that I would like to do, but I won't know for sure till I get them all in, till I get them in, you know, all in one place. Right. Um, but what, what, what Westhead used to do is, you know, they would go up the, they would go up the sideline and he would, you know, they would enter the ball on the right side and push it up the right, up the right side. And he had his shooter mm-hmm. on the right side at the, at right. the three point line. And then he had his, where they were looking for that deep layup on the weak side. And we, we have flipped that. We have, we have put the, you know, we have put our, our shooter primarily on the, on the weak side and, and have, um, and they have the person leaking out on the break kind of on the right side. Um, okay. Mainly because it's, it's easier to throw the pass down the sideline than it for, at least it was, for the women back when I first started doing this, than it was to throw that cross court long pass, you know, for the, you know, for the layup. And um, so we move the ball down the right sideline and we have, and we have somebody who, um, who hopefully rim runs. And, um, and then you're exactly right. When the ball comes to the top, uh, we try to step in. Our terminology is we want, we want heels on the circle. So we try to step, we try to step in and, and want and want that offensive player to have both of her heels right on that restricted area circle, right right in front of the rim, and uh, you know, and we're looking, you know, and we're looking high low, and um, and the, one of the biggest questions that we ha- are faced every year is what are we going to do once the ball is reversed? You know, do we do we reverse the ball to the shooter on on the weak side? Do we do we go pick on the ball from the top? Do we have that player ducking into the middle, continue to the weak side and pick on the ball? Do we have that post player just break to the opposite block and then set double staggered for the, you know, the initial, you know, player going down the right side. Those are all options that, that we don't decide ahead of time. You know, those are all options that we decide around when we, you know, we try everything, see what it looks like. Um, But those are typically things that we don't, decide ahead of time that we have to wait until we see how the personnel is playing, you know, how they play well together. Yeah. And there's so many like, you know, of course, secondary break options, right. That to me, that what that, that sounds like that's what you guys do. You guys are obvious. I'm sure. Are you looking for Dave mismatches somewhere in the break? Well, at times, at times we are, you know, it depends on personnel. We're trying to, again, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to get the ball down and jam it inside. I think Westhead and Loyal Marymount, they shot, they shot a ton of threes off of it. Right. Um, We can't do, you know, that's not our. Hey, this is NBA skills coach, Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball. And I'd love to help you get game results this season. Check out a free trial of my Pure Sweat training app on the Google Play and App Store today. Hello, this is Craig Reed, owner and CEO of Corny Board Aids. We specialize in providing coaching aids and equipment for the basketball coach. We are also home of the Corny Board, the original sideline coaching board. I want to recommend Championship Vision Podcast. It is a great way to get insights into what other great coaches and leaders do in their programs. Kevin Furtado brings a great tool to coaches with this podcast. Thanks, Coach Furtado. First look, if our if our best three point shooter 
has a wide open look at it, we're going to shoot it. But if not, we're, we're looking, you know, we're looking for that rim runner to get to the rim and we want to jam it inside. Um, you know, I, I said one of, one of our strengths has also been, you know, we, we've rebounded the ball really well. And, and we found that, you know, it's really hard for me to ask, ask bigs to, Hey, rebound at one end and we're going to fire up a shot before you ever get to half court you know, wait for us here so you can rebound again. You know, we want to, you know, we, we think that the, uh, those, those bigs have to touch the ball. And so, right. Uh, and so <laughs> we are, we are still looking to go, you know, to go inside. Now this last year we were primarily, we had, you know, we had 10 sophomores and they knew what we did well enough that sometimes those positions would change. Sometimes you'd have a, you know, you'd have a guard rim running and all of a sudden posting up with their feet on the circle. And, and that made that break, you know, that much more, you know, difficult um, to guard. But, um, but we've never really been one. I don't, we've never really been one to run a lot of second, a lot of actions off the secondary break. Um, That's another thing that, that, um, you know, the coach that, you know, Coach Tarkanian used to always say that, you know, the 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 more you think, the slower you get. And so, <laughs> For sure. And so we're trying to do that enough times where they have options; they just play off the end of it instead of instead of running the same action or instead of calling something out. I think that I think that slows the breakdown sometimes and gives the defense a chance where we're just trying to go down and attack can switch defenders before people can get back to the person they're guarding before you know and then and then hopefully over the course of the year those mismatches and we start you know playing off of each other a little bit you know a little than we would uh, do at the beginning of the year so you're not running kind of a of course of the college games different than the high school game and of course out here in georgia dave we're actually going to be starting a shot clock this year which is going to be totally different for a lot of coaches um kind of help us georgia we coaches we don't have one here in oh, oregon yeah. and, we, and, and we need one i mean we 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 desperately need one here in oregon i would think that community college definitely has that that surprises me I, i'm surprised that particularly preparing your players for the next level man i i would that, say you definitely need one right that that's the argument that we all if you're trying to help you know <laughs> help need the shot clock but um you know change a little bit you know i guess maybe it's just my perspective as i'm getting old it still happens occasionally but it definitely happened 20 years ago if you know the team who was ahead here in Oregon at the start of the fourth quarter did not shoot the ball I mean, it was they'd stand, you'd <laughs> right. stand there and hold it at half court for the entire, you know, the entire fourth quarter, and and um, like you said, it's not, um, you know, it's not that it's not that bad now, but um, you know, I don't. I mean, it's been in the last probably. I mean, it wasn't that long. There was probably ten, twelve years ago. There was a an, you know an Oregon state championship game that I think the final score was like twelve to eight. And uh, and, and wow. probably sixteen of the 20, 
points total were scored in the last two minutes, you know, two minutes of the game. Um, so yeah, I need a shot clock and I, I'm hoping all, you know, eventually all high schools throughout the country start, start, uh, you know, adopting that. Yeah. I think it's trending that way. Uh, Coach, talk about uh, your player along the same route, your player development. So give us like specific things that you do to develop because you can run whatever you want, but you better have skilled players, right? Well, I think, and I think the, uh, the number, uh, um, they need to, they need to shoot the ball. I think now we get, you know, you get so many players that have such, that have such great handles and, and all those things. And, and everything is, you know, is attack the basket, get to the rim. And, but, you know, that, um, you know, that shooting is necessarily, you know, kept up with. So for us, I think that's, that's number one. I mean, we, um, and so we, we do a lot of, you know, we do a lot of shooting. Um, in the in the preseason, we don't we don't do a lot of it. In, we don't do a lot of it in practice. Um, you know, we have them. You know, we have them come in early. We have them. You know, try to schedule a gap in their classes. You know, in between classes where they can come in and and uh, you know and get in a rebound and get a lot of specific. Um, up. Um, we shoot more in practice, but um, in preseason we shoot very little. Uh, they come in on their own, and and um, and I'm there. We have an assistant there. You know, we're not telling them to come in by themselves. I mean, if they're going to be in the gym, I'll be in the gym. And uh, so I think that's I think that's I think that's number one. And and then. Um, and then again, we kind of tailor it to the, you know, we kind of tailor it to the, you know, specific players. But I think the, I think the big thing is, is, you know, we, we break up, you know, like most people do where we'll have, you know, guards, guard work at one end or, you know, post work at the other. Um, we mix it up. Uh, we have, you know, all of our supposedly guards go through all the post offense, all the post defense, all those types of skill work. Um, our so-called bigs go, go ball handling every day. They go one-on-one full court every single day. They go, you know, two-on-two full court. They do all, they do the exact same things that the, you know, that the, you know, that the guards would do. And, um, and as a result, if, if you were to ask any of our players, what position, there's not one of them that would be able to tell you, there's not one of them that would say, you know, I'm a point guard or I'm a post player or I'm a wing. Um, we're just trying to develop basketball players. And, and as a result, we don't really separate it too much. We, we work with every player on every facet of the game. Yeah. You develop all around players, which is, I, I think is that's, that's the game nowadays. And, and the term is what positionless, right coach? Right. I think you have to, to get them ready for that next level. You definitely have talk about, and I, I want to share something with you and I want your feedback on it. I learned something 
from a coach, Mike Neighbors from Arkansas. I know you know who yeah, he is. Uh, he, he has what, and I, I just added it into our program. It's called Talls with Smalls. And what he does is he always has um, his bigs working with his smalls in practice in a full court setting. So let's say they're, they're doing a particular work that, you know, talls with the smalls and then they trans one of the smalls will transition to the other side and maybe get a, you know, a lockdown three or whatever. And it's, it's continuous. And I really love that. And that's what we're going to be incorporating. How do you work with your, your bigs and your, uh, your smalls together in a practice? Well, we're, we're, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we'll either, we'll, We'll either divide them up in as far as the, you know, as far as 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 skill work goes. But our our, you know, when our full court stuff, um, you know, we mix that up, you know, every day. I mean, we're, you know, we're, you know, we don't really necessarily have a first team and a second team until you know until about January. I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll go five on five, and we'll have you know, we'll have the five biggest players against the five smallest, or we'll, you know, we'll have, you know, <laughs> one guard and three big, it forces them kind of to play, you know, to play out of their, you know, to play out of their comfort zone. But, but again, in our level, you know, we don't necessarily, you know, a couple of years ago, we were, you know, a couple of years ago, we were, you know, six four, six three, six two was our, was our front line, which was, you know, which was, which was really, you know, which was really big. You know, I think we had seven or eight girls that were six, one or taller. Kelly, Kelly Graves at Oregon came, watched us play. And he said, Hey, you're, you're bigger than, you know, half the teams in the, you know, in the pack 12, but, but <laughs> sure. this last year, but this last year, you know, our, what would be called our post player was, you know, five eleven. And was probably and was the, you know, and was probably, you know, and our other post player was probably five ten or five, you know. So, you know, we don't really, um, you know, at our level, sometimes we don't really get the the luxury of saying, hey, we're going to have a definite big um, every year. Uh, and so, we've been kind of ahead of, you know we've been playing positionless basketball for years because we don't all, we can't always count on, on those type of players. And, uh, and so as a result, you know, we run things on offense where we're posting up all five players where, you know, people are taking, taking turns into the, you know, into the post. Um, you know, I think some of it, I think some of it resembles um, a lot of the, the, uh, you know, the Jordan, the Chicago Bulls back, you know, when Jordan was playing in the early nineties is when, when they were, they were really the first positionalist, you know, Scotty Pippen was as good in the post or Michael Jordan was as good in the post on that triangle as anybody else that they had. Um, because they didn't really have that great back to the basket score inside. Um, and that, and that's kind of, and that's kind of what we've, you know, what we've, what we've tried to do. And we, we just play them together and we just, um, you know, we don't make a big deal out of what position you play. We're just, we're trying to make, 
turn them into better basketball players. And I think if we can do that, that makes them more marketable to the four-year recruiters who are looking for players. Um, you know, I want somebody, I want somebody to call me and say, Hey, look, we need a, we need a point guard. And then an hour later, somebody say, Hey, look, we're interested in so-and-so we want her to play a two. And then, you know, the next day, Hey, I'm looking for somebody. We want her to play the three and they're all the same player. You know, we want to get to the, we want to get to the point. We We want to get to the point where no matter what someone is looking for, we have somebody who has developed into, you know, a serviceable player at the next level. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I think, um, I mean, that, um, I do want to ask you, you mentioned the triangle offense because that was actually kind of transitioning into that. You have done a, written a lot and you have done a lot through your basketball classroom and so forth about the triangle offense. Kind of give us little snippets of, of your triangle offense if somebody out there coach does not know anything about it well it it I always liked it because it, it flows right out of that west head sideline you know if you're going you know if you're pushing the ball down the right the right side you have you know you have a player you know on the ball side corner and then you have the you know the person with the ball you know coming up the to the wing you have the trailer at the, you have the trailer at the top. You have someone on the weak side, and then you have someone in the post, and and so you're you're set up right into that triangle, right out of the right out of the fast break, and so we've never so we don't have to fast break and then back it up and then and then reset into, you know, into an offensive set. We're automatically right into it as soon as as soon as we can off the, you know, off the break. I like the triangle or bits and pieces of it because it's because you can you can adapt it to your personnel and my personnel changes every year. On good years, I, I lose half of our team. On good years, <laughs> sure, right. On other years like this one, I have you know fourteen. I'm going to have fourteen new players. Hopefully, if we can, because of the virus and all those things that. And so I like the I like the, the triangle because because you can adapt it to, to your personnel without having to completely start over and and reteach something, you know, from the from the very beginning. And the the Chicago Bulls ran ran the triangle a lot differently than than the Lakers ran it when when they had Shaq inside and and uh, you know and Kobe on the outside. They ran the same offense. But it was run two completely different ways, and uh, and that and that's why I like it because you can it's you can you can uh, you know you can tweak it a little bit, and uh, and and right now we're we're running a lot of it out of out of horns, okay, out of a, out of, sure. a, out of a horn set, and uh, um, you know where we can break all kinds of people into the, you know, into the post and somebody steps out and, and, but it's, but it's adaptable and that's, and that's why I've always, and that's why I've always liked it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm old school, you know, I'm, I've been coaching for a long time. I am, I am old school. I grew up with the game with, with, um, that's what I said. My, my dad was a post player. Um, You know, I grew up with the idea that, you know, the first look goes inside you know, and, and that's kind of, and the triangle, let's just, 
you know, kind of lets us do that. At least lets us look inside, um, you know, before, before we do anything else. Yeah. And I think the great coaches, would you agree, Dave, that you gotta be, I still think old school mixed in with new school is important. Now what I'm saying is you can still run a post oriented offense and dribble drive attack and spread, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the, and the, and the good coaches and the good coaches will, you know, and the good coaches will do that. And that's, you know, and, and that, and again, going back to, you know, going back to Kurt, you know, where he's, you know, where, where, where he will do that based on his, based on his personnel. If he has somebody who can score with her back to the basket, then, then all of a sudden she's, you know, she's in there a lot, a lot more. If not, then he's stepping her, then he's stepping her out. So yeah, I think good. I think, uh, um, yeah, I think good coaches, you know, have to do that. Um, the games, the games evolving, um, you know, I, we can't play the exact same way they, you know, that they played in the fifties or the sixties. Nobody, you know, even if it's effective, nobody would want to play here. You know, if we, <laughs> you know, if we, if we did that, so it has, it has to be, a, right. it has to be the combination of, has to be the combination of two of, of both things. But I, but I really think that, um, you know that that there's a lot to be learned in in kind of old school basketball when when people didn't rely on athleticism quite as much as they as they do now that they they had to be a little bit more skilled they had to play a little bit more you know in terms of teamwork those kind of things i i think we could all learn um you know a lot from those you know a lot from those types of teams yeah it's so true coach and um, I know that do you all play Clackamas where um Kurt is. I know you yeah. probably faced each other, I'm sure, in all your years. I'm yeah. sure. Uh, so uh you're probably giving away secrets. Well, you know, I don't you know, <laughs> we um yeah, not really, because again, I I've been doing this I've been doing this so long. I mean, you know, the basics, you know, eighty percent of what we're doing you know, we ran 10 years ago, 20 years ago, right. You know, we, <laughs> we have to tweak it as the game evolves. We have to tweak it depending on personnel, but the, you know, but the basics are the, you know, the basics are the same and, and, uh, and yeah, and Kurt's the same way. I mean, Kurt's got, Kurt's got DVDs out and he's got a book out now and he's on podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and, and I, and he doesn't hold anything back and, and so, you know, we've had some, you know, we've had some battles over the years. I don't, uh, um, you know, I know Clackamas program extremely well. They know, they know ours extremely well. Um, I don't think either one of us are going to get down and, and actually out coach the other one because we're, we are so familiar. So, so it all, as it does in most cases, it comes down to, you know, who's going to execute and who's going to, you know, make the fewest mistakes and, and, uh, and most of those games are, you know, decided by the players, which they should be. Yeah, whoever executes the best, their stuff the best, right? Yeah, um, that's what it is. Hey, uh, and before we go on to your defensive philosophy, and I, I want you to talk rebounding because you have a lot of great articles and so forth on rebounding and the importance of it. Um, why don't um, girls use the community college, the two-year colleges, 
more? Because I would think a Division One school would love to get an experienced sophomore or junior kid to come into their program. Kind of give us the philosophy of that. Well, a lot of them, uh, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them do. I think all of us would, you know, if in an ideal situation, if you could, you know, if you could get somebody, you know, who is, is, um, you know, is really, you know, highly skilled and, and kind of ahead of the curve, you know, already, I think everybody, I think everybody would, would like to have those, you know, those, those types of players. It's just, um, you know, sometimes it just doesn't, uh, um, sometimes kids are, you know, are late bloomers. Sometimes, you know, they're, they were played out of position in, in, in high school. Sometimes they might've been the, you know, the biggest kid in their high school program. And so they had to, you know, they had to spend four years playing, playing at, as a center and, and they're too small to play, you know, at a high level at, at that size. And so, you know, so they come to us and, and, um, you know, and step out away from, and step out away from the basket. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, uh, yeah, I think that there's, there's definitely a place for, you know, for, for junior colleges. We, we fill in need, you know, we, you know, and most people, if they're going to recruit a, a JC player, they're recruiting JC players to play, you know, something has happened. They, They've, they've lost a player to injury. Somebody else hasn't developed. Somebody has had grade issues. You know, we know that at our level, if they're recruiting our players, it's to go in and make an impact. You know, it's to right. go in. They don't, they, don't need, they don't need to bring in a junior who's going to play five minutes a game. You know, they can, they can do that with a freshman. So, so I think that uh, – um, you know, so there, there's still there's a there's a need for you know for what we do, but I think as as you're going on, you you know you're gonna see, you know, you see fewer and fewer, um, you know, power five conferences recruit recruit JC players just because um, because they don't need to, you know, because there, there's enough there's enough incoming freshmen at their uh, you know at their disposal, but. Um, but I, th- I think it's a, you know, I don't, I'd have to go back. I haven't, I haven't really looked. We used to have it on our website and they redid the school website, but you know, I, I was at, I think I was, I want to say we're at roughly 135 players that have come and, and, and have played for us that have, that have gone on and got scholarships to four year schools. Um, you know, that's 135 kids who's, you know, for the most part, if they hadn't come to this level first, their basketball careers would have ended in high school. Right. But sure. But by coming to some place where they could play and get coaching and 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 all those kind of things, it was able they were able to extend their, you know, extend their careers. And some of them, they were able to extend their, you know, their families wouldn't have been able to afford education. So, you know, a lot of them were able to continue off and graduate and and get four de- four year degrees because they decided to come here and play. Yeah, there's there's de- there's definitely a value to community college, and I, I and don't you agree that players? I think that players when they're in high school, I think they really mature that first and second year out of high school. Don't you agree? Oh yeah, oh ab- absolutely. Uh, I mean, and that's kind of the 
you know, and, and because, um, you know, we, you know, we, we, for example, we run our, our program here as, as, you know, as, as close to a, a D1 program as we can. I, you know, we don't, mm-hmm. we don't have the, we don't have the, you know, the resources and, and those things that, that, um, you know, that Oregon has, or, you know, Connecticut has, or those. but in terms of time, I mean, we, we've got, you know, we have individual workouts. We, we lift weights four days a week. They're in individual workouts. We have practice. We've got community service. We have, you know, we have required team study hall. We have all those things that, that, um, you know, the four-year schools are doing, and, and some kids just thrive in that, you know, they've never lifted before. All of a sudden they're stronger, which has made them more aggressive, or they've never, you know, they've never had a coach work with them, you know, four or five days a week on, on their, on their shot or, you know, so a lot of them matured in terms of, you know, in terms of, uh, um, in terms of basketball, in terms of their skill level. And a lot of them mature just because they're a year older and, and a lot of them are away from home and they've had to make adult decisions and they've had to kind of reevaluate just how important is the game to them. Um, and so, yeah, we see, you know, we see all kinds of, all kinds of growth to the point where we're always set, you know, at, they leave too fast. It, it, we kind of joke around right about the time <laughs> we get them to where they know what's going on, where they know how to, you know, where they know how to conduct, conduct themselves, uh, I guess, as professionals. They're not just kids. They're, you know, they're, they're conducting themselves on and off the court, you know, as, as basketball players right about the time they, they, they get to that point. Then they go off, and now we have a whole new group in, and we're, and we're constantly, you know, constantly starting over. And I bet you have mixed feelings with that because you're probably saying – Man, I wish we had a. I like you're saying. I wish we had one or two more years. But and I guess in another way, Dave, you're gratified in the sense that a kid that goes on to play at a D1 school, man, there's probably nothing better than that, right? Well, no, and 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 not just and not just D1 schools, but but going off to play someplace where there's a good fit. Sure. You know, some yeah, where, yeah. You know, someplace where they're you know where they're going, um, you know, to be able to to, to really have a, you know, to really have a, you know, have a, have a great experience. Um, the gratifying part is when they, is when somebody shows up, you know, five years or 10 years later, you know, in, you know, my case, you know, longer, I, you know, I've now coached, I've now coached three, three players, um, whose mothers I've coached. And, <laughs> that's right and so the gratifying <laughs> part is is when they look back in hindsight and say you know you right. you made a difference um in in my life that that you know that's that's the gratifying that's the gratifying part is when everybody when they can look back at you know at hindsight and say yeah my my life would be differently if i didn't come and and play for you that's the you know that that's the most gratif- that's the most gratifying part Right. And you can't buy that with money. The impact of a coach is something that there's no price to it. No, no. And I don't, you know, and I get, I get, uh, um, you know, Rose, Roseburg where we are, it's, it's a small, it's a small town. Um, you know, we don't, we really only have one, um, high school in, in Roseburg itself. 
And so we get a lot of players from, you know, from all over, you know, from all over everywhere, from all over the, you know, the country. And, um, you know, and it's great on, you know, when your phone blows up on Father's Day, when you have all those players, you know, say, hey, just wanted to say thanks, you know, or right. or your birthday or Christmas or those places where where people are reaching out saying, hey, you you made a difference. Um, yeah, you can't you can't put a uh, uh, you know, you can't put it. You can't put a price tag you know, on that. And, and that, and at, at some point when, when I quit coaching, that will be the thing that, that, uh, that I miss, you know, more than anything are those, are those relationships that you, um, that you develop with those players. Yeah, that's well said. And of course, there's a lot of young coaches out there that they might not understand that. I think they're going for the wins and the state championships, but they'll realize later on down the road, Right, Dave. That well, there's more important priorities. Yeah, but and I and you know and I probably did and I probably did that too, you know and and um, you know at younger. But the but the thing that I've kind of the thing that I kind of realized and you can do that and you can and you can you know you can um, you know you can I guess you can treat players like you know chess pieces and move them around and manipulate them and do all those things and. And you can win that way. There's coaches, you know, we hate to admit it, but we all know there's coaches out there that do that. But I found that, that if you take care of the players and you put the players first, you develop those relationships, you, you try to make them better. You, you make them, you know, you make them better players. You try to do whatever you can to, you know, to make them, you know, better people and and do all those things then surprisingly the wins take care of themselves and and you know and i think that's that's the hard part is is sometimes that you don't understand when you first start coaching that that it all that it has to be all about the you know the winning and and those things but i think especially when you're coaching girls and women if you take care of if you help them take care of all aspects of their life they're going to play hard for you and they're going to work hard for you and the winds, you know, and the wind and the winds are going to come. And and ten years from now or twenty years from now, really, very few are going to care anyway. They're gonna they're gonna care on how they felt on how you treated them and, and their overall experience. They're, you know, no one's going to remember the score of a particular game. You know, ten years from now, but they're going to remember that, you know, that if you helped them, you know, through that transition part. Hi, I'm Alex Stevenson, athletic director and girls basketball coach at Dodd City. I've been at Dodd City for seven years. During those seven years, we've won seven district championships, been to six regional tournaments and three state championship games. I'm a huge fan of this podcast, what it brings and the platform that we're able to share knowledge and wisdom on and, and grow as coaches. Where they're leaving high school to be, you know, on their way to becoming full-fledged adults yeah so true and that's well said and, and uh they're either going to have the the positive memories or the negative memories right and it sounds like to me to me that you're building kids are going to have a lot of positive memories about you and your program coach you mentioned to me about your second uh program strength which is rebounding i don't think rebounding's talked about enough talk about how you develop great rebounders well, we've always, I've always thought that it was important. And again, 
started years ago when when um you know when girls didn't shoot the ball as well as they do now you know and so and so now you know there were there were just there are a lot of miss you know there are a lot of missed shots and and so we have always we have always emphasized we've always emphasized rebounding if uh um you know, it would be nice to, you know, it would be nice to get up and, and pressure people year after year, like, you know, Tarkanian's teams did and all those things and, and get a lot of steals. Um, again, we don't always have those types of players. Um, if we want to run, we want a fast break. We, we need the, you know, we need the ball. And, uh, and, and so we've always emphasized, um, you know, both offensive and, you know, and, defensive rebounding i've had a bunch of people ask me um you know ask me about it ask me what we you know what we do um you know we have um you know i think in the i think the last you know the last few years in particular we you know we've led the pacific northwest in in both shooting percentage and in rebounding and uh and so you know we're shooting the ball well and then we're you know, and then we're, you know, we're rebounding about, you know, a third or 40% of our misses. So we're getting a lot of, we're getting a lot of shots. Um, we just emphasize it. We have, you know, we do it to what we have to, we have two rebounding drills that we use and, um, and we use them and we use them every day. And then, uh, and then, you know, and, and who knows, maybe even more important is that, is that the 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 leading rebounder on you know is you know is is God on our team? Um, our leading rebounder decides where we eat after the game. Our, I love our, it. <laughs> our, our leading rebound our leading rebounder gets her gets the best seat on the bus. Our leading rebounder, if there's any kind of if there's any type of decision, you know, our leading rebounder is going to decide, you know, what music we listen to. Um, any any type of arbitrarily you know made decision that comes up, um, our leading rebounder is the one who, you know, is the one who decides, and uh, and not just on a seat, but on a on a on a game to game, you know, on a game to game type, you know, type, you know, basis, and uh, and so we just uh, you know and and we just emphasize it, and we and we you know build those people up and build that role up and. And and we tell them our our leading rebounder is going to play, so and it doesn't matter. Um, they can be Dennis Rodman if, if they're going to be our leading rebounder. They can, you know, if 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 she can average eleven, twelve rebounds a game, we don't care if she scores two points a game. We can, you know, we can find somebody else who can who can shoot it and score. But our our leading rebounder is going to play. So so those kids that. That maybe they they're not as skilled offensively as others. Um, they know that they can, you know, that they can create a you know create a niche you know for themselves, um, you know, just by playing hard and and uh, you know and 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 going after it. And and so a lot of those kids really thrive in that in that situation because it gives them a chance to a chance to play. Yeah, I love the emphasis, and I love what you said about creating that niche. 
Um, and I, I'm actually going to steal that. <laughs> I didn't even think about the leading rebounder um, being rewarded that much. Best seat on the bus. I'm, I'm actually going to steal that one from you, Coach. Um, give me, give me your best rebounding drills. Um, you mentioned it. Now you got to, you got to help us out. You got to sell us on. Well, we have, yeah, we have, we have, uh, um, yeah, we have, we have two. We combine one with our kind of with our the shell drill that everybody that everybody runs. We go, we either play three on three or we play four on four live, and and if. And if you don't, if you don't box out, then you stay on defense. And it's that, and it's that, is that simple? So we run our offense, we can run our opposing team's offense. We can do whatever we got. You've got to, you have to play. And if there's glaring defensive mistakes, then we'll, uh, um, you know, then we may make them stay on defense. But the big thing is, is if, if, uh, if, if you don't box out, you stay on defense. So if, if, if you get the rebound in that drill and you didn't box out first, then you stay on defense. Um, and, and so we're just, and is that it, but the, but for that drill to work from a coaching standpoint is you kind of have, you have to have the guts to let that same group stay on defense for, 15 or 20 minutes or 45 mm-hmm. minutes or however long it takes, especially early in the season to let everybody know, you know, you're not messing around that when the shot goes up, you have to box out. And if you don't box out, then, then uh, you, you're, you're stuck. You stay on, you stay on defense. And, uh, and, and we do that and we do that pretty much, you know, we do that pretty much every day. And, uh, um, and we'll go, yeah, we'll go anywhere from, you know, 10 to, you know, 10 to 15 minutes on that, on, on that every, you know, on that every single day. And, uh, and then you're trying to, you know, and then you're trying to, you know, encourage the, you know, the offense to go after the ball, because if I just run up your back and don't make an attempt you know, if I just run up your back and don't make an attempt to get the ball, then I I become easy to box out. You box me out. You're t- you get the rebound. Now I'm on defense, and now I might be stuck there for a half hour if I'm in with a group of somebody that doesn't box out. So the quickest way, the quickest way to avoid all that stuff is not get on defense. And then you're never stuck on right. And then you're never stuck on defense. So so when the ball goes up, we got people crashing the boards because if they can get an offensive rebound, they go to the end of the line, the same defense stays on. So they never have to they're never stuck in there, you know, on the on the defensive end. And uh, and when you're mixing up, you know, and when you're mixing up lines and teams, you know, in a high school you might have your, you know, if you're if your best rebounder is 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 you know, has a kid who's at the bottom of the, you know, at the end of the JV bench in that same group. And, and that JV kid's not, not boxing out that varsity kids stuck on defense as well. And so I think there's some, you know, it's really simple, but there's some, it's one of those peer pressure drills that a lot of people, 
you know, that a lot of people run. I don't have to say anything. If somebody in our team is gives up a couple offensive rebounds in a row, you can guarantee there's three other people reminding her that that uh, hey, she needs to that she needs to do a better job. Um, I don't know. It's worked from a defensive rebounding. It's it's uh, it's it's worked really well for us. And then we run the other one that we run is is um, is we put uh, um, you know we put two we put two players out at the top of the key, and 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 we have a uh, we actually have we actually put four we have two lines of two out near the top of the key, and we have everybody else in two lines underneath the basket, and uh, okay. and so, someone's throwing the ball out to the top of the key. We throw a bounce pass out. Both defenders starting up underneath the basket have to run out, close out. The shooter who catches the ball has to shoot it, and then it is it is two on two to one basket, and there's no rules, there's no fouls, there's no, you know. So if if I'm at the if you know if I'm at the top of the key, the ball's passed to me. You run close out on me. I shoot the three, miss it. If I can get a, you know, if I. I'm trying to get around you. If you go and get the defensive rebound, you're not taking it out. You're catching it underneath the rim and you're going straight up with it. And, uh, and chances are you're going to get fouled. There's going to be some kind of contact. And so now we have four people around the basket and people are rebounding and trying to go back up in traffic and, um, and people just, yeah, you're, you're fouled probably 15 times a possession and uh, um, no calls, no calls. So no calls. I got you. So if one basket, um, so whoever makes the basket, do they go to a certain line or whoever makes the basket goes out to the shooting line, shooting line. Okay. Out to the top. And then the other ones go to the, then the others go back to the, you know, go back to the, to the long line. And, uh, and, and basically it's basically you're, you're essentially playing two on two to one, to one basket. Now, you know, we've had some groups that <coughs> obviously we don't want to get anybody hurt. So you can't just, you know, you can't tee off on somebody, but, but, there's, right. but you're going to, you're going to get a rebound. You're going to be in traffic. I head fake, you know, you jump, I go up, you rake me across the arms. There's no foul. I mean, there's no, you just, you just keep playing. And, uh, and it, uh, and for us on the, you know, from the, the one, it, it, it toughens up, it toughens up the freshmen in a hurry because the first couple of days of practice, the sophomores just wail on the freshmen because it's <laughs> so much more physical than what they're, you know, right. than what they're used to. Um, it, it tough, it toughens players up in a hurry. It, it teaches you to play through contact. Um, you know, I don't know how it is in Georgia, but sometimes we have some officials that aren't always consistent and there's no, and there's no sure, guarantee sure. That, that some of those things are going to be called a foul. And so you can't quit playing. You have to, you know, you have to play, you have to play through it. And, um, and it's tougher than anything we see in a game. So when we get in a game, 
So when we get in a game, there isn't anything that the other team's going to do that is that's more physical than than that drill. And and so so it doesn't it doesn't bother us. We're able to you know we're able to play we're able to play through it. We're able to you know go to the basket and able to get shots off in traffic and and those things. And and obviously some teams. Some teams run those better than others. Some teams are more physical. Some team, but those are the, but those are the two, uh, but those are the two, those are the two drills that we do um, every day. And then we pair that with um, our leading rebounder is going to play, you know, regardless of of whether she can score or not. And our leading rebounder every game is going to. There's going to be some perks involved with being the you know, with being the, the, you know, the leading rebounder. And, uh, and if the newspaper ever comes and asks me, Hey, who, who should I talk to after the game? I'm pointing to the leading rebounder. I mean, we're doing everything we can to, to elevate that, that spot. And, uh, and, and like I said, it's, it's been one of those things that, that, uh, that's worked fairly well for us over the years. Yeah, and I love when you put that much emphasis on it on a daily basis, the kids know it's important. I mean, because a lot of times we think we go around and coaches, we go, well, this is really important, but we really don't work on it. You have to, you have to emphasize it all the time. Yeah, right, yeah. And, and, and every drill that we run is, you know, it's and, – and we're doing it out of, out of two-on-two, so there's a lot of, you know, and that particular one, so there's a lot of touches – but we're doing the other one out of three on three or four on four. You know, we're turning every drill into a, into a rebounding, into a rebounding drill. We're not saying, okay, we're going to work on, you know, I mean, we, we've seen practice. Okay. We're going to work on 10 minutes of rebounding, but then rebounding is not mentioned for the next hour and 50 minutes. It's not mentioned once. It's just, right. we're going to work on this 10 minutes. That's, um, yeah, that's just not how, that's just not, not how we've, um, you know, how we've done it. I've always thought that, you know, leading scores and those things, they get, you know, they get plenty of attention. They get plenty of recognition. Um, but, but I think in, and especially um, on the women's side where when I first started coaching, there weren't a lot of really good shooters. There were a lot of rebounds to get. And if you could, and if you could rebound both offensively and defensively, then you had a pretty good you had a pretty good chance to win. Yeah, so true, particularly in state tournaments uh, for high school on that because the shooting is never good at that level. It's always that extra offensive rebound or defensive board. Coach, I know you well, got to go. I appreciate sorry, the. Sorry, Tim, but you, in those games, a lot of times you're playing in a little bigger arenas. You know, in state yes. tournaments, so the so the the shooting background is different. You know, so the yes. shooting isn't. And you're also playing in a situation where sometimes the officials don't want to control the game. So they're not, they let, they let you play a little bit more um, underneath than they wouldn't, than they would in a regular game. And, and if suddenly you're in a situation in a state, in a state playoff where you're not shooting as well and you can't rebound and the other team's kind of manhandling you inside, you know, all of a sudden, you know, your season, your season comes to a, you know, a crashing end. So, so I think those things that we do are trying to, you know, it, 
it um, is it's good at the beginning of the year and it's even better at the end of the year. Yeah, it's that toughness and toughness and grit wins a lot of championships, yeah, right? Coach? Absolutely, and and, uh, <laughs> and and again, especially on the women's side, you know, because it's right because it's um, you know because we're we're a little bit you know we're getting there. I mean, it's certainly different now than it was than it was than it was twenty years ago, but um, but I think that that I think if you just have tough, gritty players. Um, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna win a certain number of games no matter what else you do. Yeah, I totally agree. Hey, coach, before you go, because um, I know you spent you have done a great job sharing with us what you guys do. Um, can you give me the last question? Can you give me? I really I love your basketball classroom. It really is unfortunate that you you can't keep <laughs> trying to promote it and sell it, um, but. Give me one thing that you really valued from that, that a coach, because I know you still got information out there. Um, give me one great drill, one great concept that you really felt coaches can get a lot of value out of. Well, I think that, um, and, and, I, and again, it's, it's probably, you know, it's, it's all, um, you know, beauties in the eye of the beholder, depending on what, you know, what people are looking for. But I had a um, when they were when they were first going to to promote that um, you know that basketball classroom, they they put a short a video on on YouTube on a on a three it's it was a three at half press break, and it's a press break that we have run forever, and and we run it against any and every type of zone press that we that we see. And, um, and at one time that, uh, you know, that YouTube, that YouTube video had, has, is over like 400,000 hits on it. And so, and so <laughs> I know that it was important to, to other people, you know, I know that people were, you know, were seeing a lot of presses at, at various, you know, at various levels. And, um, and it's, it's something that's, is something that's extremely, that's extremely simple. Um, anybody that, that we play against, if, if they go into a zone press, that's what we're going to run. Um, we put it in the day before our first game. It's, um, you know, it's that simple and, and we've had, um, unbelievable amount of, you know, amount of, uh, success with it. We've, um, we've always called it three at half. Um, I think it was called three at half at, on YouTube. Uh, we should have named it layup because, um, because that's what, that's what we're getting, you know, getting on the, you know, on the end of it. And, and, and I think that that was good. We, we put that out there. We put it on YouTube. We sold it in basketball classrooms and then it, and then it's, it's kind of gratifying to go to, you know, club tournaments and, and things over the summer. And then all of a sudden, you know, you look out, out you look out, you know, on the court and, and all of a sudden, you know, 75% of the teams are running it, you know, are running it, you know, where before basketball classrooms started, nobody ran that. And so I think that's one of the most gratifying, the gratifying things on there. And, and, uh, um, and I think that that was probably um, the most well-received part on there because just so many coaches watched it. And I know so many coaches are, you know, are actually using it or using some, you know, version, version of it. 
Yes. And what, it's funny you say that we use it. Uh, so, and it's, we call it three back. I should name it after you coach, but uh, we call it three back. Um, and we find the value of that. It's hard to guard three at half court. They have a lot of decisions. The defense has to make, give us like a, uh, just a quick detail on why it works. Well, so, so if we, <clears throat> if, um, so we, we we line up at at uh, we have an inbounder and we have a a, a guard, um, you know, in the in the back court. We line up three people at 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 half court and 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 they all have alleys. So the 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 ones on the outside they have to stay within a step of the sideline. They have to be as wide as they possibly can, and they can run all the way up into the back court. They can run all the way down to the opposite corner. They have to stay in that alley, and the same thing on the on the other side. And then that person in the middle has to stay in the middle and has to stay between the the free throw, you know, the lane lines. So they can come up or back, but they have to stay in the middle. What it does is is um, on a zone press, it puts it. You know, I don't know it depends how you cover it. You know, if, if I'm coming up the sideline and, and you have somebody at half court who starts to, you know, who starts to, to trap and that person at half court goes deep, we're going to lob it over your head and, and attack the basket. If, if most people put their deep, their deep player covers the first pass cross. So if you run up the trap and your deep player goes on the strong sideline, now half court's open. <clears throat> if the opposite wing comes up to, to guard that, then we then we throw it deep. And so what we've done is is after after one or two passes, we have a three on two going going to the basket, and um, and it's and it's really simple. And, uh, and it, and it doesn't, um, you know, if, if I send somebody deep and you send that, the, you send one of the, the, the wings, the people at half court on your zone defense back to garter. Now there is no trap at half court. You've taken, you've taken away the trap. We just dribble the ball down the floor. Um, I don't know. We, I haven't come across, we, we've, um, you know, we work on that. We put it the date, we put it in the day before. Um, before our first game, we, uh, we start, we start on it, you know, five on five and, uh, the defense, the defense can't, can't guard it. If, if they move it to make it a three quarter press, then we just move those three back to the hash mark or back to the top of the key. Um, but, and then we work on it and then we keep adding defenders. So we'll work on it five on five and then we'll go five offense on six and then five on seven and five on eight. And, and, uh, and we run and we run it and girls get confident on it. And, and we just, we see very little um, zone press um, because of it. We, <laughs> we played it, we played a team in California one time and, and, uh, and they insist, they stayed, they stayed in the press the entire game. And and our two wings at half court, one of them had fifty three points, and the other had thirty five. <laughs> right, 
and they uh, stayed in it. They came and you know when there's a turnover, whether they scored, they got back in the press, and we shot. We literally right. shot nothing but layups at the uh, you know at the other end. So, um, but I so I think that might be the that was probably the most well received things at, at a at a basketball classroom. Absolutely. And you're probably going to get a lot more coaches checking it out. And you can go, I think, um, I think you can go under YouTube, just put in three at half press break. I think it is. I think so. That's what we called it. And I haven't looked on, you know, I okay. haven't looked on it, um, in a, you know, in a long time. Um, my guess is, right. is you know, it, at, at the time it was the only one, it was the only one out there. And, uh, and, right. and I'm, I'm guessing that, I'm guessing that several people have probably, you know, tweaked it a little bit and, and come up with their own sure. their own videos or their own take on it. Um, I'm assuming um, uh, that it's on there, but I don't know because I didn't handle any of that. I just I came up with the content and filmed it, and then and then the the partner that I was working with um, did everything else. So I I don't know. I'm assuming he left it up there, but I couldn't. Uh, I I couldn't guarantee absolutely yes um and actually i'm gonna go look it up matter of fact uh, but you still got great content on your website on basketball classroom great articles great videos coach i actually stole a couple of new videos from your website um i really appreciate you sharing coach man you're just a wealth of knowledge and thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to share with us coaches i know coaches out there including myself are going to get quite a few ideas so I know I did. So I appreciate you sharing with us. Well, and if any, if there's, if there's any way that I can, that, uh, um, you know, that I can help out in, uh, you know, in, in any way, um, my, my email address is, is, is Dave dot Strickland, S T R I C K L I N at umqua, U M P Q U A dot E D U. Uh, if, if there's any, you know, I got here because people helped me. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a great profession. I think that, uh, um, I think those of us that have been doing it for a while need, you know, have an obligation to, to help others, um, you know, come along behind us. And, uh, and we're in a situation where, you know, I was, you know, we were talking about, you know, possibly doing this yesterday, and then we were going to do it this morning. We, could, man, I was looking forward to it all day. I just haven't been able to sit down and talk <laughs> basketball with somebody like this, right? You know, right, sure. In a long time, so like I said, I was I was really looking forward to it. I I appreciate you having me, you know, having me on, and 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 if if any of your other listeners are just looking to, you know, talk basketball, if they would email me, I'll send them a phone number, and and would love to just, you know, share some ideas. Absolutely. And it's, it's all my honor because I know that you have helped my career out so much and I appreciate it. I, you're probably going to get quite a few people contacting you, coach. Uh, I appreciate you being a great resource and mentor for us coaches. And I wish you the best this upcoming season. Hopefully we play, right? I'm hoping. So like I said, it's <laughs> uh, right now, that's what we I said at the beginning of our talk, you know, you have to adapt just about every, you know, every single day and, and I, you know, what we're all going through, I just have, you know, I've got, you know, 14 new players coming in from, you know, seven different states. And, and so you're just hoping that, 
you know, I mean, you're just hoping that we can, you know, right now, just hoping that we can play, that we can just, that we can, right. that, that things settle down and, and, and so that we can all uh, get back to doing what we love to do. But um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know really how to feel about it. I don't know if I'm optimistic or pessimistic or just trying to wait and see what happens. Yeah, just we got now we are our patience is really tested now, right? So um coach, thanks, thanks again. I wish you the best. I want you to stay healthy and hopefully we'll be back on the sidelines this upcoming year. Thanks again, Dave, for sharing. Yeah, with no, me. thank you. That's what I said. Being able to talk some basketball made my day. So if, if I can if I, <laughs> That's if great. I can do if I can ever do anything to you know to help you out, please uh don't hesitate to let me know. All right. Thanks, Coach. I really appreciate it. Take care. Yeah, same to you. Talk to you soon. All right. All right. All right. We'll see you. Thank you. Hey, coaches. This is Brad Hillegas, content producer at Huddle for the NBA, NCAA Division One, and high school basketball. I'm a big fan of Coach Furtado's podcast, Championship Vision, because it connects coaches around the country that want to continue learning and growing our beloved game. The X's and O's, coaching philosophy, teaching principles, they're all here. And that's a mission that we're working on at Huddle as well. More than 160,000 teams, including the best in the world, use Huddle to elevate their performance with video. But our collection of online tools is much more than that. Mobile desktop apps, smart cameras, video editing, data analytics software, the list goes on. But our goal is to help coaches like you teach the game in a modern way, whether that's connecting with your athletes, communicating your game plan, or looking to gain a competitive edge. And if you want to see how Huddle can help your program, visit Huddle.com. That's H-U-D-L.com to learn more. And of course, keep listening to the Championship Vision podcast to never stop learning.